Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student athlete and co-host... Ryan! Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders' goal is to serve its clients in finding the home that best fits their needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. They are a team of people who will be in close communication personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. Team Anders has served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. 187 days. 187 days. That's how long we have until college basketball and all its goodness starts all over again. In the meantime... We do have college football a lot sooner than that. We've got the NFL draft coming up. We have the coup de gras in golf, arguably, the Masters this weekend. There is plenty to talk about, so let's just get right to it. Brian, the podium's yours. Yeah, um, this is a, a topic that we had discussed. I don't know. I don't remember if we did it on the pod semi-recently. I think we might have when we were talking um, about Jim Nance last week not being good, that, that whole broadcast team. But there's a, a really good article in The Athletic today, and it was literally what we, you and I had talked about you know, yesterday, I think. Um, it's time for, for a change um, when it comes to you know, the biggest event in basketball, and that's the Final Four, um, and who's announcing that. We talked about how good Kevin Harlan is um, you know, being an announcer um, and how good Ian Eagle is. I think it really needs to be one of these two guys um, from here on out, doing the final four, Jim Dance is great. You know, he's he's got the voice. He's got you know the history. He's been doing it for 31 years. You know, he's got the, he's got the great voice, the storytelling. But he's just he's not he's not great with basketball. Honestly, he's really good with football with Romo, um, excellent with, in, in golf. Um, just he's not he's not great at basketball anymore. He's getting kind of older, um, and he doesn't have that much energy. Um, and stuff like that. So uh, Kevin Harlan, a guy that he's a little older, but he is fantastic. He's been doing basketball for quite a long time, as well as Ian Eagle, um, who just brings energy. He tells, he has his, you know, his sayings, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, it, we need a we need new blood when it comes to announcing. Um, and the athletic really, um, you know, prompted me to talk about this, and even, you know, talking about this the other day. So it was perfect. All right, from my podium. If you miss this, amidst all the hype and the love and the whatever, blah, 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 with Shashevsky going down, yes, to North Carolina, how fitting that his last, well, two of his last three losses, but his last loss, his last game, maybe, a loss to the Tar Heels. Well, we're not going to talk about that quite yet. We'll talk about that in uh, around the world. Let's talk about the fact that one one of his players stuck around to shake hands. One. Now, Coach K did shake hands, but I will say that is abhorrent behavior, and that is 1,000% on Coach K. I don't care if you got your ass kicked. I don't care if you lost in the most heartbreaking fashion ever in the history known to man. You stick around, and you be a man, and you shake hands. 
don't give me this, well, well, we're butthurt. Every other school did something for Coach in North Carolina. They're not obligated to. It's your rival. I wouldn't expect Michigan to do something for Izzo, nor in hell would I want us to do something for Michigan if the shoe was on that foot. Like, get over yourself. You're so smug. You're so arrogant. And I just I hated Duke being in the Final Four for that reason. I knew it was going to be all about him and all about, like, how can North Carolina even hang in the national championship game? Because they gave it all to be Duke, almighty Duke. Kiss my ass. Kiss my ass all those players who bailed out. Kiss my ass to any fan who was butthurt that he, you know North Carolina didn't give him the, the King's treatment in Chapel Hill. No. That's not how it goes. You're a rival. You're a bunch of sissies. You lost to him twice. Get over it. Get out of here. And, oh, today's news, according to Ryan and Jay Williams, former Duke player, is, huh, newsflash, just like Tom Brady, maybe Coach K's not done after all. So we're going to do all this butt hurting and I need me time and blah, 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 and then you might still come back? Are you kidding me? At least mask-wearing Roy Williams, which can we agree was ridiculous, at least he had the balls to retire before the season and not have to have all this fanfare. Coach K, kiss my ass. Duke, kiss my ass. That's the one thing I'm not going to miss for the next 187 days. All right, moving on to our tee-up of the week. Always got to be something quasi-political with me, right? So I'm going to take the tee-up. Ryan actually mentioned this to me. We were not watching this game, but apparently for both games in the Final Four, South Carolina failed to come out for the national anthem during the Final Four. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The very freedom you have to to be in this country, well, if you want to call what our government's doing now is freedom, that's a debatable, another topic, another type of podcast, and you don't even have the guts to just come out, you want to bow your head and think your own thoughts or pray or whatever you want to do, fine, I don't care, but damn it, show some respect. And the other thing that pissed me off is last night, Ryan caught this when we were watching Jim Nance, you know, becomes public address announcer during the game for the broadcast, listen to this statement and tell me what's wrong with it. Those that are willing and able to stand for the anthem. Willing? No, 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 no. If you're in this country and the national anthem is played, stand your ass up. You don't want to put your hand on your heart? Whatever, fine. Personally, I do. I think it's the right thing to do. If you don't want to, that's between you and your country. But all this flag protest and BS and, oh, by the way, Colin Kaepernick showing up at Michigan. I mean, talk about scumbag central. Are you kidding me? All this anti-Americanism, all this hate, all this stuff driven by the left who hates and wants division in this country. And you people that eat out of the palms of this, you're sick. I tee you all up. Get out of my face. All right. Let's get into the fun stuff around the world. Of course, we got to start spot number one uh, with the March Madness recap. We had the Final Four. We had the championship. Um, I'll just give a couple of really quick insights and then hand it over to Ryan and we'll go back and forth. Um, championship game lived up to its billing. I mean, it was crazy the game of runs. I've got a bunch of stats and stuff I'll share when, when it comes back to me in a minute. But um, just a fantastic game. Honestly, I'm sad that North Carolina lost because, let's face it, Kansas is up for, what, five level one infractions. They are part of that whole um, Christian Hawkins thing. They're a bunch of damn cheaters. Now, a lot of the players aren't. I get that. It's more on the coaches, but still, um, uh, you know, I, I wanted Carolina to win, but I'm glad it was a great game. You know, the first semifinal game was kind of a dud, kind of to be expected. Villanova lost a key player in, 
and only played really five, six guys anyway. Um, wind was out of their sails. Uh, that North Carolina Duke game was epic, lived up to its hype as a rivalry game. So, um, Ryan, give me some of your just general thoughts, and we can kind of go back and forth. Yeah, not much on the uh, Villanova-Kansas game. I mean, Kansas was pretty dominant. You know, Villanova kind of ran out of gas. Especially it's inside hard to play McCormick. With, with five guys. McCormick played really, really well. Baji shot it really well. Probably should have been MLB. Um, turned it on, you know, at, in that game. Played really well. He should, yeah, he should have definitely been MLP. McCormick, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, it was close. I mean, tip, tip of the cap to, to Villanova, another phenomenal season. Um, Colin Gillespie. Bob Cousy award winner um, went down, you know, swinging, um, had a great career. Um, and, you know, Nova's probably going to get a lot of those guys back, except for him. He's a fifth year already, but they're going to get a lot of those guys back and then have good recruits coming in. So they, I mean, the future is going to be bright as long as Jay Wright's coaching the Wildcats there. Um, but then the second game, I mean, the the rivalry, um, what was it called? Tobacco Road or whatever. Yeah, the right, Tobacco Road rivalry. And, so, you know, those games don't always live up to their hype. We've had a few over the years, Oklahoma, Kansas, for the 1988 National Championship. I mean, that's just one. Louisville, Kentucky played a few years ago. There there have been some great ones. And sometimes they live up to the hype and sometimes they don't. It this absolutely did. did. It, was a, it was a heck of a game back and forth. You a know, lot like the regular season. You thought finale, Carolina, oh, Carolina, good start. Then Duke, you know, great, great, you know, comeback. And then Carolina, then Duke, then Carolina at the end threw the last punch. It's a game of runs. North Carolina ended on the on the last run there. Caleb Love was phenomenal, 11 for 20 from the field. 22 in the Hit second half. Big shot after big shot. Um, Manic was terrific. Baycott, what do you mean, 20 rebounds, 18 rebounds? Manic, what did I see? Uh, the first player since Donald Williams of North Carolina in 1993 to make at least three threes in every six NCAA, in six tournament, NCAA, games. NCAA tournament games. Pretty yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, crazy. Um, and then Baycott. Double double in every um, tournament game. He had 31 on the season. Unbelievable. Um, you know, Leaky Black. Tied David Robinson for the most all time. Yeah. Leaky Black actually played really well um, against Duke. Shot it a little better than he normally does. RJ Davis is a stud. Um, I thought he locked down Abaji pretty well last night, yeah, too. He, Leaky. uh, Leaky's good, and then he's good. And then Puff Johnson, um, coming off the bench, played well. Um, the Iron Five is what they call them, um, for North Carolina, and they were, they were iron. They were, they were yeah, can we stuff. talk about that? Like, guys were yakking. Puff Johnson at the end of the game apparently took a blow to the gut. We got guys blowing ankles, multiple guys, Love and Baycott again. And if you haven't seen the video, Ryan mentioned it, and then I saw it a couple times on TikTok this evening. The floor actually buckles under Baycott when he makes that move, and that's what causes him to sprain his ankle. And arguably, that's why North Carolina probably loses that game. At that point, I believe it's a one-point game. Kansas goes down and makes the big bucket, or maybe even North Carolina might have been up at that point. I can't remember exactly. But they go to McCormick, who's against Manic, who took two incredible blows to the head, and I'm sure will not remember today that game. It reminded me, I said to Ryan last night, of his – I think that was your junior year, right, Ryan? Districts against Lowell. Mm-hmm. Um, just someone turned on a screen and just absolutely blew him up in the jaw. And Ryan continued to play really well that game. But doesn't remember. Doesn't remember. It was probably the start of his concussion issues. There's no way with the hits that Manic took last night that he didn't have something going on with his, you know, bell being rung. But you know, talk about a tough guy. But like guys yakking, blowing ankles, concussions. I mean, and yet they're there to the very end. I mean, almost the brain fart of all brain farts 
uh, on the out of bound, the sideline out of bounds play where Kansas oh. stepped out of bounds. Too bad for I would argue, as the announcers were saying, there was plenty of time left when it was the what it was ended up being the final score, seventy two sixty nine. I think now somewhat selfishly, I'll tell you why in a minute, but I think Carolina with that eighteen seconds to go, get to the rack, get two, get it to one, yeah. foul right away. And then play the game that way and play the long game rather than go right into the threes. I mean, they got a couple okay looks, but um, my real reason for wanting to have seen that happen is because I actually didn't put much, but I put a little bit on plus 24,000 for exact score of 74-71 Kansas win. So I would have won a little bit of coin. That would have been kind of fun. But Anyway, I also do believe that that would have been the right strategy at the end. It was really too bad because that play at the end was definitely going to go to Manic. I think, you know, Hubert Davis, I heard say today that they had a great play drawn up, that they were very confident he was going to be wide open. And he just slipped right around the same spot, actually, that Baycott went down. So let's call this floorboard gate or whatever you want to, I guess. But um, that game was just crazy. Phenomenal. Teams going on heaters left and right. What do you, what do you call those runs? The ten o kill runs? shots. Kill shots. How many kill shots were there? I mean, each team had at least three ten o runs. And I said, my buddies mentioned, oh, this game's over at the half. It's fifteen point lead. I'm like, not if Kansas comes back and plays the way they did against Miami, where they scored like four second half team second in this half, tournament. Second half team, and um, you know, it was fun to watch. I, I felt bad for North Carolina. Would have been the second number eight seed ever to win behind Villanova in, in 1985. Um, you know, they just they they left it all out there. I love me some Hubert Davis. Um, yeah, he's a heck of a he coach. reminds me of young Izzo, energetic Izzo. Um, just the passion that he has for the game, the passion for his players, the care for his players. Um, just so classy, so humble. Like, you know, and some of the North the going back to the handshake thing, some of the Duke assistants were mad that he didn't come shake their hand pregame. I've never seen a coach do that pregame. You go shake the head coach's hand. Like, again, get over yourselves, Duke. Who do you think you are? North Carolina has more national titles than you anyway. So just, like, take that and roll it up and smoke it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I will say the tournament did not disappoint, you know, from St. Peter's to yeah. – to the final four of all blue bloods to, I mean, just lots of great stories, um, great coaching moments. Um, let's see a couple other things that, that I had. This is a cool stat Ryan and I heard last night, both teams led for exactly 18 minutes and 32 seconds in that game. That's how close that game was. That's, that's pretty remarkable. Um, credits Kansas. That's the biggest comeback of all time down 16, um, and that was the fourth largest halftime lead for a team ever in the 82 years of the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's that's pretty remarkable that Kansas came back. Um, you know, they played with the upper hand in the second half. They fought. They kind of played like they had nothing to lose. And, um, you know, unfortunately, North Carolina ran out of gas. But let me ask you, Ryan, for whether it's Final Four or tournament, what, what do you think was the best moment of, again, whether it was the Final Four <laughs> championship game tournament, what's your best moment? Yeah, I mean, I thought – um, you know the, the whole St. Peter's deal was was awesome. You know, getting to the Elite Eight first um, 15 seed to make it that far, and you know, that was phenomenal. Um, you know, North Carolina knocking on Duke, just them playing in the NCAA tournament that late in the season with that much on the line. I mean, that that's historic. We we witness history, mm-hmm. um, and North Carolina knocking out finally Coach K. Hopefully, and North Carolina um, took out a lot of blue bloods too because they. Yeah, I mean, they last beat, year's national champ. They, they beat, beat Marquette, Marquette, who's a good program. UCLA. Baylor, reigning national champ. UCLA, a blue blood. 
um, St. Peter's and then Duke and then Florida. They beat all Kansas, teams but... except for St. Peter's that have won a national championship. Yeah. Crazy. That's crazy. crazy. Almost, and all except for Baylor, all blue teams. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Good point. <clears throat> a lot of blue teams this year in the in the tournament. I would agree with some of those best moments. Um, uh, best game of the tournament. Oh man, that's a tough one. I honestly Texas Tech Duke was phenomenal. Duke Carolina was phenomenal. Um for 35 minutes Michigan Air, State I'm Duke was a great game. To think. I mean Arizona versus um TCU, TCU was phenomenal. Michigan State Duke was a great game. Um the St. Peter's Kentucky Peter's Kentucky, Purdue. you know. I I I mean I have to look at the this stupid there were a lot of really, really good element. games. It's hard to say what the best game was. I'm just I'm glad because we we talked about this. Like in the Elite Eight, the games are kind of eh, well, well, yeah, I it mean, wasn't great. Duke was it Duke Texas Tech right in that one? That was not that was probably the best game. The other Duke, ones it was kinda, Duke uh, Arkansas that or was Duke Arkansas great. was no that wasn't great. It was um maybe it was Air, whoever. Villanova Houston, I think, was the only really yeah, good. Yeah, that was close. But, but, you know, the final four games were at least one was really good. The other one was okay. But then the championship game was good. So it's nice when they live up to the hype. Like last year, you had Baylor, you had Gonzaga. Is the team going to go undefeated? I think Gonzaga was still undefeated. They were undefeated going in. And then they got smacked. Like, that's no fun. I'd, I'd, re- I'd much rather see a game uh, minus, you know, some crazy bets. I didn't have any vested interest except for really wanting to watch a cheater not win. But that aside, um, and we talked a little bit about MVP. You know, it goes to the, the or they call it the MOP, Most Outstanding Player. And it goes for the Final Four. It's not just for the last game. I mean, Abaji was great against Villanova. Um, and he wasn't awful last night, but he wasn't even one of the three leading scorers for Kansas. I thought the difference maker for them in the Final Four was McCormick. McCormick I mean, he was, was a man. And, and, and Baycott struggled against him, not because of, given up much size, but just because somebody wrote, I think it was on The Athletic, that he was wobbling around like a pirate on a peg leg. I mean, he was clearly hurt from that sprained ankle against Duke. Yeah, he was. Gutted it out. I mean, 15-15 and 15 last night, 99 rebounds total in six games, um, just shy of the NCAA record, which I think is 102 um, in a six-game tournament. Just like... You know, unreal stuff. So, I mean, for me, I think it was McCormick. He hit the game, what ended up being the game-clinching shot, at least. You know, the the sealer for sure. Um, you know, Braun, I like to call him Braun. So did Chuck. But it's actually Brown, as he says it. It was huge in the beginning of the second half for Kansas. You know, maybe you could have given it to him, although he didn't necessarily play great in both games. So, I don't know, Remy Hamilton. Was Hamilton? Martin. Martin. He, Remy Hamilton was like, I don't even know. He was a kicker from Michigan or something one day. Um, Remy Martin buried a couple of corner threes. I mean, he was big. The bench came up big. Puff the Magic Dragon Johnson, you know, nine points. So they got punched in the gut and threw up on the floor. Chris Hill yeah, style. Crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a classic epic game. And the only thing I think, going back to Ryan's podium, we were missing somebody with a little bit more energy. Now, don't get me wrong. Love Nance. I think he's great. I just don't think he's got the pace for basketball. Golf is slow. NFL arguably is slow. Um, you know, for calling plays and how they develop basketball is breakneck pace. That's why Gus Johnson's really good because he gets fervent and excited. That's why even Raf on the color is really good because he can still at his age get excited about it. They just, I just Eagle or Harlan, um, both have great basketball experience. I like what the athletic said. 
let Nance ride off into the sunset for the Final Four next year in Houston. It's where his school is. It's where he's known. It's where he got his TV start. Mm-hmm. And then let's let's move it on. Try some new blood. He's nobody will probably touch him for how many tournaments, championships he's called. Nobody's even close as it is. So, um, yeah. But great, great March Madness. Going to miss basketball very much. Um, so. You know, we'll keep an eye on the transfer portal over the next few weeks. Hopefully, Michigan State will do something good. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll come back to basketball again when the time is right. Anything else for you, Ryan? No, sad to see the season go, but um, this makes it that much better when it comes back. About 187 days, just like I said in the yeah. open. Yep, we're closer. All right, spot number two, keeping it in the basketball family a little bit. Um, a little bit of a coaching change at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Long time, what, 19-year assistant, DJ as they call him, Dwayne Stevens, Michigan State alum, long-time Izzo assistant. A lot of people thought he might just be kind of like the auto era apparent like Izzo was. He got the job I think he should have gotten three years ago, which is the Western Michigan job. Personally, if he were now to come back to Michigan State, I would feel much better that he had some experience. It's just a different ball game than it was when Izzo did it way back then, and we all know how that started. Um, so, Ryan, fill us in. What's, what's kind of the, the – the chat out there on the on Twitter and the boards, like what are they thinking? What do you think? Where should which direction should we go? Yeah, I'm not on any you know message boards, but but active on Twitter, you know, following the Michigan State guys, the inside guys, 247 Sports. You know, they they seem to be pretty plugged in with that kind of stuff. Um, and then um, DK Spartan Hoops guy, he's really good. Um, makes good videos after Michigan State games. He's he's a bit plugged in. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously DJ's been around for a long time. Did did a phenomenal job. Um, at Michigan State, finally getting his chance. Happy for him. Um, gets to lead his own program, um, and that that that'll definitely pay dividends if he does well at Western. And hopefully, you know, he can eventually take over the Michigan State job after that. Um, you know, that gives him a, a, a leg up. You know, and in, in someone in, in um, someone else there. Um, but yeah, I I, I think that um, this is a this is a very very important hire. I mean, Izzo said it himself. Um, you know, he, he's looking for a guy that they can recruit, a guy that can, you know, he knows the NIL landscape, um, you know, knows the portal, um, you know, can connect with players, build relationships, spend a lot of time with them. Um, a name that I have seen thrown around a lot, I don't know if I would, it's just weird to me, Tom Crean, um, former. Talk about somebody who wouldn't be in touch with the NIL. Former. Or the portal. Former Michigan or, State you know, assistant, coach at Marquette for a long time, then um, Indiana, and then Georgia, and just got fired. Um, they went Georgia. three games this year, six yeah, games. Yeah, they were pretty bad. But the only good, the upside to Tom Crean is he is a very, very good recruiter, got some very, very good classes to Indiana, as well as Georgia, um, got Anthony Edwards to go there. Um, number one player, I think it was 2019. But can he relate to players? Um, I don't know if he can. Um, that's the issue. He's kind of and, weird. And that reeks of me. Sorry, you know we love you, Coach D. Not that you listen, but you've been on this show before. You know, a lot of people, Valenti would say, you know, good old boy network, whatever, with his assistants and his buddies. That's my one concern with that. I would much rather have a young up-and-comer. Um, I don't even necessarily want it to be Monty or even Wojcik. I just... I think Monty is probably going to be due to move out and go to another program after a couple of years anyway. I don't think you bring Pfeiffer back. Obviously, no, something that's didn't work not out with what him we at want. Indiana. Um, I think he was. I liked him at Michigan State, but I. But he also had a hand in recruiting Foster Lawyer and Thomas Kithier. So I'm not really sure that he's the right guy. What's I mean to me, the ideal would be a situation like Fife, but he wouldn't do it, and that's Drew Valentine. 
after a, a year or two as a head coach, coming to be like the heir apparent assistant coach and then taking over. Like if if they set it up that way, and Izzo said, "I've got three years left, so I'm bringing Drew in." He wouldn't. He wouldn't do that. But I mean, that to me would be the ideal. I think. Yeah, I mean, that would be fantastic. That's the best case in your. That's not going to happen. I really do think Crean is a candidate though because he's good friends with Izzo. He spent time with him recently. He's also related to Harbaugh. Yeah, that's not cool. That means Jimmy's going to be around the program. We don't want. (laughs) We do not want Dane Fife. I'll tell you that right now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one of my a, a candidate that I I really. You know, would love to see Michigan State take a chance on is is Lou Rawls Tum Tum there and graduated twenty seventeen. He's coaching um, at Sunrise um, Christian Academy right now, where he went to high school. That's a top ten perennial program in high school basketball. He can connect with play people. He's a great co. He's a, a great leader. Um, you know, he's younger. Um, you know, he knows Michigan State's Been program inside out. Game. You know, he knows. He's very connected in the recruiting landscape. You know, he, he's just a really good guy, um, and he's got a great basketball mind. I mean, he's he was a great great defender, tough, hard nosed. He wasn't you know some prolific scorer or anything, but he was you know he valuable role, a valuable player for four years for Michigan State recently, um, and has some coaching experience. Would love to see that. Would not be surprised, um, you know, to see an Austin Thornton get bumped up from video coordinator or something like that as well. I don't know if that's maybe that's a head assistant. Um, No, but I'm saying to an assistant spot, maybe move up Monty back to associate head coach. Um, Chris Fowler, a guy that um, you know who not the ESPN, nope, not former Michigan State. uh, grad grad assistant, um, you know, played at at Central Michigan for a few years. Was really good. Um, he's now at Northern Arizona. Brother there Benny for, Fowler, right? Yeah, been there for a couple years. Very energetic. He also knows the program. He's young. Um, you know, he he's he you know he's really good. He's really good. Um, you know, with with you know scouting reports and stuff like that. I'm reading that right here um, and stuff like that. So he knows you know Michigan State basketball inside and out. Um, that'd be pretty good. Um, for for us there, um, that, those are, I mean that Lavelle Jordan. I think that might be a, a, an outsider name um, that could maybe get a look. Even though he coached at Michigan, I mean, he's, he he's got head, head coach experience. experience. Got a you know he was a good he's a good recruiter. Just kind of you know COVID kind of hurt him um, in his development of his program, and it kind of fell off, and I was kind of run out of there. But Butler's not necessarily the job it was eight nine years ago with Brad Stevens. Um, Thad Mata back there. Yep, Thad's back, um, but he's a good recruiter. He knows he knows you know the, the Midwest really well, having you know coached in it with Michigan, um, UW, Milwaukee, and then playing at Butler and coaching there as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think those are some good candidates for Michigan State. I just hope that they get a guy that can can recruit and, and help out in the portal because Michigan State needs that, um, and, and I think Izzo knows that, um, which is really good to see. Dougie Buckets is available in the portal. If he doesn't go to Seton Hall, we should be yeah, all over that. Should. Talk about he's a knockdown little. shooter. He's a little. He's a little, but he can shoot. Um, all right, spot number three, changing it up. Get a little preview to our typical spot number five. We're going to go with our usual favorite here, Mount Rushmore. Uh, this week, we are going to do a Mount Rushmore of best Masters moments. Um, Ryan, you pick first. Well, if I'm going to go first, I'm going to pick the the most recent one in my well, one of the most recent ones in my head. Tiger Woods, 2019, the his first major since 2008, wins it. Um, the just the I, I watched that video the other day and it like gives me chills. Like the 
Channing Tiger, him hugging his, his kids. Um, you know, just the 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 mob of people. The it, it's insane. Um, it, it's just awesome. Um, and then you just look at Tiger yesterday at practice round. He's playing, and there's like it's Full like there's gallery. normal normal like masters. Like there's like 15 people deep in the gallery surrounding him. It's crazy. The Tiger effect is real, folks. The Tiger effect is real. All right, so for mine, I'm going to go back to probably one of the first ones. I, I I can't say that I sat and watched it all like I do now, but one of the ones I, I do remember watching, and I remember a little bit of this when I see the highlights, and that it was 1986. <clears throat> um, Jack Nicholas, you know, returned to glory. It had been a while since he'd won a major. ended up being his last one, but um, just put on a Sunday charge of no, like no other. I mean, he was Tiger before Tiger was around, and... Um, you know, that was so memorable. They still play, you know, Vern with, uh, yes, sir. You know, some of the, the epic highlights of that one. Um, you know, that's, that's one for me that stands out. And because I'm a fan and pay a little homage to the fact that he's not there this year, much of because of his doing, but 2004, um, when lefty finally broke through and, and won, um, his first major won the masters, you know, that epic three inch vertical that he had or whatever. No, but seriously, uh, it was so good to see him finally break through. He'd been so close already up at that point in U.S. Opens and, and blown some U.S. Opens and stuff. So it was great to see him break through the first of, of three, I believe, that he's had. Uh, I'm going to miss him playing this year, but those are my first two, Ryan. Yeah, um, both really good. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I already had, I said Tiger. I'll, I'll do a different one. Um Hmm. I'll say. I mean, I obviously didn't see it. Not many. I don't know if a TV camera has it. Probably not. Gene Saracen. This is 1935. This is like one of the best moments in golf history that no one knows about because there's no TV, no, no, no cameras, any of that. The shot heard around the world. Gene Saracen, 1935, double eagle in route to win the Masters. Pretty insane. Yeah. The the Squire's magical shot is what it's called. Um, you got one more pick. Uh, we'll do. We'll say we'll say last year the caddy bow um, by Hideki's um, caddy. Oh yeah, that was that, was that was pretty sweet. I'm gonna go. You gotta you know at the time I wasn't a big Tiger fan. Um, he's become a little bit more humble and whatever, and I am more now. What I'd say 1997. I mean, that was like the arrival, the official arrival of him, and he just absolutely throttled the field yeah, um, to say the least. That's when you knew that something special was coming. So definitely got to go with that one. Um, and then I think probably for me, honestly, the last one um, was the epic. What would that be for him? Was it hook? Yeah, hook, I think it was a hook. Phil? Um, wedge. No. Uh, oh, Bubba. Bubba. Yeah. In the playoff hole. The shot that he hit out of the pine straw was just sick. You know, and the twilight's kind of coming down. Um, just, you know, you can always count on great shots. I mean, it's. Um, the U.S. Open, I would say actually most of the majors, especially the U.S. Open the, in the Open and then this one, you know, we sit and we watch pretty much every hole glued to the TV. doesn't matter how nice it is outside. Um, there's just something about Sunday at the Masters, though, and we'll get to that a little bit more in a minute. But I think you get one more. Yeah, one more pick. Yep, um, I'll go Phil since I already did a Tiger one. Um, Phil on 13 from the Pine Straw behind the trees in route to victory in 2010, um, right over Ray's Creek. Beautiful. And um, then extra one, Tiger 2005. In your life. Yeah, that missed high five shot. Another, my my other one was I remember watching this when I was in college. Freddie Couples 
Put one in the drink on number 12 on Sunday, and most of that's usually death for guys. That happened yeah. to JT a couple years ago. Or not JT, Spieth, Spieth yeah. a couple years ago. Um, I think it happened to Shoffley maybe even last year. Um, he overcame that and ended up winning that, which was his one lone win there as well. Freddie, really likable guy, especially back then. All right, spot number four. Couldn't think of a great one. Uh, so we're just going to go hodgepodge here. I'm just going to throw some things out at Ryan, get his take, and then, then I'll weigh in a little bit. So my first big one, I've seen it a lot, and it kind of started with kind of a snide jackass post um, that I guess he made on on Twitter on April Fools. But what do you make of this LeBron situation, Ryan? They're in a they're in a like a make or break situation tonight yeah. to make the playoffs, and he's not playing because his ankle is sore. Yeah, not cool on his part. I mean, you you'd think that guys would do all they could to to you know Michael Jordan like yeah he played it was the game's different but these guys would have toughed that stuff out I mean anything basketball is so much of a tougher game back in the eighties and nineties than it is to get to the playoffs and they're not going to get there Um, he's sitting there Kareem's making fun of him Magic Johnson called him out said. He's the reason why they stink because they didn't. They could have gotten Demar Derozan. Right, he tried to blow star. up. He tried to blow up the Lakers to get it to be what he wanted to be—a bunch of old guys that aren't fitting together well. Yep, and they, you know, they're going to pay and the I price. Hate LeBron anyway. LeBron's yeah. an ass. My probably my least favorite moment of March Madness, even though I like the song, was the Hummer Electric Crab Walk Hummer commercial. The song is catchy. Was on about every three seconds, but to see LeBron at the end of that, I flew the bird at him every time. I, I can't stand him. I can't stand him. He blew up four franchises to get what he wanted. He's a he's a prima donna. He's in bed with China and whatever else. Whoever butters his bread, go away, LeBron. Just go away. Go play in China for all I care. Um, not not that I was ever a Lakers fan. Obviously, a Magic fan, not a Lakers fan. But talk about destroying a storied franchise. I mean, go away. Just go away. Yeah, that's not cool. All right, so another – we'll keep it in the NBA realm for you. I know we don't talk much NBA, but, Ryan, what are your thoughts? Do you think Cade Cunningham from the Pistons can win Rookie of the Year? Uh, I thought he could, but I think he might be shut down for the rest of the year, so I don't know if he'll be able to. But, I mean, the future's bright in Detroit, um, folks. Crazy here. And all the sports right now, actually. You know, that was a question I was going to ask, too. Is this is Detroit on the comeback trail? Yes. For all I think sports? it is. You know, Detroit – the Pistons, got they've got Cade. They've got, you know – they brought in Marvin Bagley, and he's doing really well. They got Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart. You know these young pieces are going to probably a have a top top three or four pick in the draft. Um, hopefully, get Apollo or um, you know a Jabari Smith there, and that would be just excellent for for the Pistons, and maybe get one more free agent. They're you know they're they're a contender, a young contender in the East. Um, great to see the Red Wings kind of falling off right now, but I mean they have a, a bright future. Best uh, GM in hockey, the Iser plan. Um, Detroit Tigers, Tampa, and the Detroit Tigers are the closest. Yeah. They're the closest. They start this Friday. I'm actually excited, as crazy as that sounds, to watch them because they brought in some good players this offseason. They have some exciting rookies. This made a trade yesterday and brought in a guy that was an All Star two years ago um, to, to play in the outfield. Um, they actually they've got like an actual roster now. It's not just a bunch of prospects. And um, we saw how well they were managed last and year. They, last year, I mean, they were supposed to be the worst team in baseball, and they were you know close till the end of the year, you know, and playing at least making a wild card spot. So hopefully, uh, we can have a good season here um, and uh, you know get back to the playoffs. That'd be great. If not this year, next year for sure. Um, yeah, really excited about them. The Lions. 
Um, Unless they pick Hutchinson. Yeah, well, if he's gone, which he could be, that would be really nice. Um, but I hope they trade down. Um, but if they don't, they got to be smart. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the the future is, is looking better for them. It's going to take a couple years. I mean, it's not going to be next year, probably not the year after. 2024 is probably going to be the year um, when they're supposed to. They're, it's kind of the process. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about Detroit sports right now. Um, yeah, it's been a while since crazy we could say, say that, that across the board. And, then you know, if the Lions don't screw the pooch with you know, lots of good draft picks the next couple of years, and I'd like to see them trade down and – get more of some of their needs instead of just taking the best available at the top. It's yeah. not a place to go best available. Um, you know, if that means dropping down and getting this quarterback from Liberty when he's more, you know, appropriate to go or whatever, so be it. Um, but, yeah, I, I would agree. I might actually be excited to sit down and watch a couple of Tiger games this year, and I have not done that in a long time. Um, it makes the summer a little bit more palatable when when you can flip over to now Bally Sports Detroit and, and, you know, catch a Tigers game and they're actually competitive and not getting their ass kicked or playing with a bunch of guys you would never heard of before. So right. that should be good. All right, let's move now quickly to spot number five, which is, as you know, our golf spot. And, of course, it's Masters Week. Um, we're going to talk foursomes here in a minute. But my question of the day, um, golf-wise, Ryan, is what would you give up to play at Augusta? Well, I don't know. That's a tough question. Uh, I've got a related question in the, in the um, sprint too, but I, I'm, I'm interesting. What would you give up to play? That's a tough question. I don't even know. Um, I mean, would you say if you could play there right after the tournament, in tournament condition, kind of like we did at Harbor Town, and not play the rest of the year, would you do it? Probably. Honestly, to just to do it once, um, that would be hard. Would to you do. give up a year of salary? No, at your age, it's a little bit more easy to do than at my age. Um, I can't think of anything appropriate to ask of what you would give up. Would you give up drinking for a year? Yeah, I think I could do that. <laughs> you think you could do it? Uh, would you give up Michigan watching no. any Michigan State no. basketball or football games for a year to play no, Augusta? I couldn't do that. Couldn't do it. What about just football? Mm, no. Just basketball? No, couldn't do it still. No? Too obsessed. I don't know. I don't know. To play there? I saw somebody, Gooch, Gooch got in trouble because he was in a practice round. You know, now the players can play practice rounds in shorts. They did that PGA just changed that a couple years ago. He didn't know any better. It was his first Masters, and he was practicing on the – putting green and he got called over by a member that was like um you gotta put some pants on dude <laughs> he had to go in and get some rain pants out of his bag um yesterday when it was really nice today the rain pants would have been appropriate um yeah crazy speaking of which so weather wise you know all the buzz obviously about tiger got that practice round in ryan talked about um he's gonna be a go can he hold up for four days with that terrain? TV does not. I mean, I've talked to Uncle Tom about this before. Talked to guys that have, Chris has been there, guys that have been there. TV does not even come close to doing the slopes and the oh, sideways and all that stuff justice. With a guy that almost lost his leg, I don't know if he can do it. I mean, if anybody can, I guess Tiger can. Um, but what will be really interesting, too, is they said, you know, the way the course is playing Monday, or sun, like Monday, especially for practice rounds, is totally different. Today they had severe storms. They had a lot of rain. I think it's supposed to be the same tomorrow. So it's going to soften the course up. It's going to make it longer. 
Um, but then it's supposed to get windy, as in like 25 to 30 mile an hour winds and cool for the weekend. So almost think maybe not quite as quasi unfair as the players, but I mean it could yeah, get a little bit a little could get a little bit dicey and nasty. The last time it was cold, kind of somebody came out of the middle of nowhere and won, and that was Zach Johnson. Uh, he won it the last time I remember being like chilly, chilly, like in the 50s. Um, so that kind of gets right into the question of who's your foursome, Ryan, and who's kind of like, who's your your guy, especially that you're kind of keeping your eye on that you think's going to Yeah, I mean, I I think that I, I've gone back and forth on who I think's going to win, like what, what it's going to look like. I think this is going to be a crowded leaderboard. There's a lot of guys that come in. There's a lot of, there's no, I mean, Scotty Shuffler's number one player in the world playing great right now, but there's no, Tiger in 2006 no that's no. just been Look at all world, the guys that have won this year on the tour world, like it's a yeah, bunch of like, first time winners yeah, and there's stuff. no Tiger that's been world number one for eight years in a row that's playing out there it's pretty even there's a lot of guys that can you know this this course suits their eye um you know got a lot of guys come to mind for me I mean my foursome I'll get to in a minute but I mean looking at the you know the the um the list right here of players. Abraham Answer, a guy that's played really, really well in the Masters the last couple of years. He's played well, you know, this year. Daniel Berger played really well. Sam Burns, first timer, he's played really, really well lately. And his game kind of fits this course. Patrick Cantlay, he's a dog. Um, you know, guys like that. Corey Connors, a, a dark horse, really I think, well in my opinion. Yeah. Really, really playing well. Probably one of the best ball strikers on tour. Um, then you look at a guy like Bryson, a guy that's had been so good. Now he's been terrible with that injury. Um, he's kind of going through right now. Tony Finau kind of played eh lately, but he's he played well really, really well. Tommy Fleetwood, same way. DJ won in a couple you know, played, years played really well at, at that course. Um, Shrek plays well there. Yeah, I mean, you look, there's so many guys. Holma's really good. Hovland's really good. Um, you know, DJ won two years ago. He's played played well there in the past. Kevin Kisner's played really well lately. His game kind of fits the course. Brooks Kepka can never count him out. Yeah, exactly. Can never count out Brooks in a, in a major championship. Um, you know, Hideki reigning champion. Rory looking for the grand slam. Like all these guys. I mean, Colin Morikawa, amazing golfer. Louie, you said him. Um, you know, Rom. He's one the, name you haven't said yet. I don't think, but who puts lights out and putting is the key here is Cam. Cam Smith, Smith is just going to get to him. Unbelievable. He's been this year in the last. I mean, he's with the flat stick. He is one of the better ones I've ever seen. Then Xander Shoffley sniffed the the title last year, couldn't finish it. Um, you know, Scotty Shuffler won three times JT. this year already. Yeah, I mean, JT's so great. You know, all these guys. Spieth, he is. You know, his history. Tiger has his history. Bubba's won twice. I look like, at all the, these guys. You know, you can run a parlay. Zalatoris. I mean, this this is insane. Yeah, and you can run a parlay on up to fifteen guys to make the cut. That's the max that FanDuel allow. And my, a lot of the guys are minus to make the cut, which means they're favored to make the cut. I mean, like you'd have to, you know, if you really want to kind of stretch the odds and make that a payout, you need to go go a little bit wild. But there's a lot of guys that you just expect are going to be around this weekend and. I, I'm expecting it's, I'm going, expecting to a, fireworks. it's going to be a dog fight, which is going to be great. Um, so, give me your foursome then, Ryan. Are we going to like we can? You are going to alternate picks or what? I just woo your straight up foursome. I don't. We can we can have some guys the same. That's fine. Uh, my foursome, uh, Colin Morikawa. That's my favorite to win this. Um, he's already won two majors. I just think that he's really good. Put, he hasn't played great this year. Put but, the third one in his cap, but he's uh, he's really good. 
Mm-hmm. Victor Hovland, he's been fantastic all year long. He's so consistent. Um, they got Jordan Spieth, uh, won in 2015, has his history at Augusta, has played well. Then I've got Sam Burns, first timer. Um, Big boy, you didn't like him. Before. No, I think I mean I like I don't. He annoys me a little bit, but I think he's his game fits this course really well. He's played well. I mean, won a couple of weeks ago at Innisbrook. Um, yeah, I, I like those four. And there's I could have said plenty of other guys. Yeah, there's but. a lot of a lot of guys. My guy, as soon as he won, I I mean I was kind of thinking him before, and I probably should have jumped on him odds wise before that. But then he won the players and the way that he did um, in tough conditions, which is going to be similar to this week as Cam Smith now. He has not played since then, so hopefully he's not too rusty. Sometimes that's a good thing. He's, I saw him in an interview the other day. He said, you know, he's shagged a few balls here and there, but he really did take some time off, so hopefully that's a good thing. Um, another guy for me that's been playing well, he played well in the match play last week, is Billy Horschel. I'm not a fan of his weird print pants yeah. stuff that he wears, but he's a guy, he's probably more my dark horse at plus 8,000. Um, and then my other two guys, um, I really like how Kevin Kisner is playing. I've got mm-hmm. him. I think, you know, I don't know that he'll necessarily win it, but I think he's definitely a top 10 guy. And then, um, you know, for me, it's a toss-up for the last two guys, and I'm going to say um, uh, Xander Shoffley. I think, Ryan, you picked him too. I mean, he just – I did not. Uh, he's he's closer. Maybe we talked about him in the – in the, Yeah, I in talked just about him. Guys that could be in contention. I mean, he's been close. He hasn't played he's great a, this year, but he's got the game suited for that course. He's itching to get that, that He's major. been playing well in majors. You know, he's been close. Um, kind of my fifth guy, if I had to pick a fifth guy or could pick a fifth guy, would be Cantlay. I just, he's just so he's very good. stone cold, steady, tee to green, good around the green, you know, won the FedEx cup last year. Um, he's a guy that definitely I could see, I could see a lot of guys in contention. Frankly, honestly, it wouldn't bother me one bit if Louis Oosthuizen won it. I mean, he's been close a few times. He's a likable guy. He's been so close to a major um this is gonna be fun you know even without phil being in there i expect it to be like three four or five guys in contention on sunday legit contention and that leaderboard to just be screaming in the galleries to be going so uh looking forward to that um interesting too there was i can't remember what it was but the over under on hole in ones was two for this um What do you think, Ryan? Last year there were two exactly. I'll say uh, it feels like there's always a bunch at 16, but that's not true. It could be a push. Uh, yeah, like probably two. push. Two seems about right, but I think there'll be some epic one like on Saturday or something that throws somebody in the contention, like late in the round type of thing. All right, so that is golf. That is around the world. If you have topics coming up that you want us to talk about, we've got the draft and you know, stuff. A lot coming. of time um, now. Yeah, throw them our way. Um, pods are a little shorter when we don't have college football and college basketball to talk about on and on and on, but we're always open to different topics. So with that, let's go to our end as we always do with the sprint. We're going to mix a little bit of hoops and golf here, Ryan. Uh, first line, does UNC win if Baycott doesn't go down Late in that game. Mm, I mean, you'd like to think they would have had a shot. I'll say no. I think I think it could have gone to overtime, but if he had, I think he had four fouls too, so maybe that would have paid. I'll say no. Yeah, I mean it's hard to say. Like you know, you always say you can't really point to one thing. I mean that was definitely a game changer because they went right to McCormick, who was a big guy and and muscled his way in with a great hook shot. Um, maybe that shot's not that easy. It's hard to say. Like I said, I can't remember. I think. I think Kansas had the lead at that point in time. By yeah, they're up one. So 
I don't know that that's you can pinpoint that. I mean, because same time, like I said before, Manic went down on their last play, slipped in the same spot. Um, so who knows if maybe both of them don't go down, they do win. Um, half court, would you rather play for Holloway or Davis after watching this tournament? Ooh, that's tough. I'll say Holloway because he's I, I, he's younger. That's I don't know. They're both yeah. I just good. like I, I like I said. I was so impressed. I'm impressed by both of them for sure. I mean, different. Like Holloway is very soft spoken, but Davis just like true emotion, legit, <laughs> real feeling for his players, real good sorrow for you know his players going through that loss last night. I mean, the interview that he gave in the first half with Tracy Wolfson was classic. Like, she didn't even get her question out, and he was fired up. Um, just, like I said, he reminds me of a young Izzo when Izzo had all that energy and that fire. Like, he let out a fist pump in the game that Ryan said, that's like Izzo back in 2000. Um, I just, i really impressed because it's a tough thing to follow a legend. I mean, that was the Roy Williams Bowl, if we want to talk about that, too. The two guys that followed Roy Williams at their respective schools, um, you know, to follow him and have that kind of immense pressure and to really turn it around in late in the season when he did, when it looked like they might not even make the tournament. Um, you go play for Holloway, I'll go play for Davis, and we'll play head-to-head in the finals. Um, all right, switching back to golf, Ryan, what score wins the Masters this week? I'll say 10 under. All right, I'm going to go 12 under. I think it'll be a little bit soft, and before the wind picks up too much, I think some guys will go low. And finally, this is kind of related to what we talked about in, in the, in the uh, around the world, but long and back. If you could play Augusta the rest of your life, but only there and only 10 times a year, would you make that sacrifice? Yes, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I think I could make I could make that that work and just watch golf the rest of the way, especially because I'm getting a little bit older anyway. Um, that would be I'd give a I'd give your left not to play that course once. <laughs> All right. Ryan, give us a little bit of a social media closeout here. Pretty yeah. for sponsors. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, shout out to Team Andrews Realty. Appreciate you guys um, trying to get a, a golf sponsor for, you know, for that spot here. Uh, if anyone has any ideas, please let me or Mr. Andrew know. Um, maybe we should reach out to the Mitten Tour. Yeah. Maybe, you know. And I'm, I'm looking here. We forgot to mention this. The winner of the, the Final Score oh, yeah. podcast bracket game. Prize of unspeakable value. One Jordan George. Coach Who K's, finished second? Coach K's early exit, 980 points. And then you did um, one Way million back. shot at second place, 490, not even close. And then um, the Fairfield fa- Fairy Tale third place. Um, then I had fourth and fifth place in there, um, tied with Mr. Tiscornia. Um, then uh, Jeremy, Mr. Lewicki at seventh, uh, Logan Housing at eighth, and Chris Tiscornia's second one in JG, ninth. we will hook you up. Yeah, with, we're going to set you up. We're, we'll figure it out. Ryan and I will put our heads together. We'll like scrape up some some can money or something and, mm-hmm. and, and find a good prize for you. But you know, we'll take care of you. Congrats on that win. A little shout-out, too, to Rachel, who in our family fun not quite a fun pool. There was money involved in that one. But Rachel finished third and fourth uh, out of the 26 people that were in that. So not too bad. She smoked my ass. Probably smoked yours too, Ryan. Yeah, I did terrible matter, so. most. All right. Um, echo that on the shout-out to Team Anders Realtors. If you have realty needs in West Michigan, um, reach out to them. Tim, Tim, the younger one, Jim, Donna, they will take good care of you. Um, check them out at teamanders.com. Meantime, as someone somewhere anonymous 
once said, and perhaps appropriate for the weekend of weather ahead in Georgia. There's no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate clothing.